It's a very painful situation, the reality in the occupied Palestinian territory. But at the same time, I knew that I was a good fit for the post because I know the situation on the ground pretty well. I have a pretty strong understanding of uh, where, where it comes from. Uh, in terms of history and politics, uh, because of the work I've done with the UN and particularly with, uh, as I wrote a book about Palestinian refugees in international law, not for self-promotion, but just to say this allowed me to learn the question of Palestine through through the, 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 the lens of uh, the Palestinian refugees who are the face of the human tragedy. So I, I felt that I, I had the knowledge and competence and also I think it's a bit of, uh, of personality because I'm not, uh, I know the UN very well and I'm not, I'm not natu naturally intimidated by it, which I think is something that might discourage others to take on this job. You used to live in the um, uh, Palestinian territories, but now as a special rapporteur, you're not allowed to go back there again? Am I uh, right? I mean, this is the this is the assumption because Israel, as I said, uh, at the ter third committee, Israel doesn't respond, doesn't engage with the mandate. I mean, I think the very fact that you had the ambassador and the Israeli ambassador stepping out of the room when I took the floor, it's an indication of where where uh, I stand in terms of put of opportunities for constructive engagement. So um, Israel has not engaged with this mandate for the past 15 years. So there is an assumption that uh, they will not respond to requests to facilitate coordination to enter the occupied Palestinian territory. But again, I again also think that uh, this should be uh, addressed chorally by the United Nations and its members because Israel has uh, no right to prevent a human rights mechanism or anyone, anyone else uh, to enter the territory over which it doesn't have sovereignty. And by the way, where I've been invited by the, by the Palestinian Authority and others to, to go, and I intend to go. As a special rapporteur, when the special rapporteur is not allowed to go into an area um, like the situation in, in Palestine, how does this hinder your work? How do you gather information? Uh, it's it's difficult, but it's not impossible because of the, in my case, because of the reality in the occupied Palestinian territory, which is probably the most well-documented human rights situation on earth. So there is no lack of, uh, of reports uh, by the United Nations on the ground, by civil society actors. Uh, that denounce the current reality, but also it's quite televised because civil society as a protect protection uh, device has uh, has used has started um, in the past in the past decade or so to 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 get footage video footage of everything that happens and it's brutal so it's yes it's difficult, but it's not impossible to document. So you presented your report, which is the first report, to the um, third committee. What were the main points or issues that you highlighted in the report? I highlight that the current reality, an illegal occupation, which has been ongoing for 55 years, which is a, an astonishing fact, 
in itself um, not only has crossed the line of apartheid, as others have said, but this is, in my view, a natural consequence of the, 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 the fact that there is military occupation for 55 years, but also has the hallmark of settler colonialism, because it's intended that the very military presence of Israel in the occupied Palestinian territory, of course, with a very, very different regime huh, between the, the, is Jerusalem, um, the West Bank and Gaza, but it's the same. It's still a form of control and domination. Mm, this has been uh, engineered to prevent Palestinian sovereignty uh, over the territory and the natural resources, to repress the political activities and activism, but also to vilify, to, to erase any symbols and manifestations of Palestinian culture and identity, and this is fully documented. And what I was able to produce in the report is just the tip of the iceberg, because of course I'm limited also by, by how much I can write in terms of word limit, not in terms of, no, no, um, the, the independence is, is there. But again, I, I studied the situation through uh, not only the available literature report by talking to uh, talking to Israeli and Palestinians on the ground, the scholars, academics, international organizations, my predecessors. So it was a it was a pretty it was not an easy conclusions to draw uh, because I I knew that it would not immediately resonate with part of the international community. It would resonate with the global south. Because the countries in the global south recognize very well the, the, what I call the, the hallmark of settler colonialism. Well, uh, the, probably Western states uh, have to be accompanied to this realization. They, uh, and, uh, you know, to crack the wall of the Nile behind uh, which they are hiding when it comes to Israel. You also mentioned um, collective punishment in the report. Yeah. And uh, you're a lawyer as well. Um, how, how can this be addressed legally? There are, various, uh, there are various avenues. First of all, I think that it's important that states take international law seriously and how the current occupation is, uh, is strangling the life of millions, but also is undermined the future of millions. And I say the Palestinians and the Israelis, because when there is a settler colonial architecture, all parts of it pay the brunt in different ways, but all parts pay the brunt. And um, oh, and again, without without comparing the situation of the Israelis and, and the Palestinians, but again, it's... Uh, it's not cause, I mean, it's a cause for concern, the fact that Israelis, as, as much as the Palestinians, continue to lose their life. I mean, it's something that can be addressed politically, but also, um, as a lawyer, I do not see any other way out than uh, advancing accountability, because the culture of impunity uh, on the question of Palestine and the relations between Israel and Palestine is so thick that a, it has really shaped and forged the way uh, the Israeli government thinks, but also the Israeli citizens behave. I mean, as I said, impunity breeding, breeds impunity. And it's time to, um, to ensure uh, justice and reparations to the, to the victims. You personally 
has been criticized by Israel as being impartial. And um, you're, uh, when you became a special rapporteur, this criticism grew bigger and bigger. How do you react to that? Uh, of course, I do not agree with it. I would like to see evidence of it. Because again, as I said, my impartiality, and I'm very clear about that, obliged me to report on the reality for what it is. And I cannot, um, I cannot push for a false equivalence between the parties. And while acknowledging that uh, that, 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 that there might be violations and abuses on the um, at the hands of the Palestinians, the disproportion is um, is abysmal. And again. <laughs> One cannot miss the forest and should not miss the forest for the trees. I believe that most of what is happening, including at the hands of, uh, of Palestinian groups, Palestinian groups who resort to armed, uh, armed struggle or to, to violence, uh, is a consequence of the, of the protracted lack of a political solution in line with international law. Palestinians as, are asking for their rights and have been doing so for the past 70 years. And again, I do see it's a small, it's a small component of the Israeli societies, but I keep on mentioning it because it's there. And, uh, and it's also with this part of the Israeli society that, that we need to establish dialogue. Israel, Israel is not a monolith. And, uh, there are, and there are many realities that are not captured, many voices who are not heard in the current discourse. Does your report also touch on alleged violations by the Palestinian Authority? I intend to, uh, to look at violations that are committed by Palestinian authorities uh, as they as they uh, as they as I will encounter and depending on the gravity of the situation because again I've I've done I've done in bilateral on a bilateral level and you see this is the difference because when you a special rapporteur first and foremost engages bilaterally and diplomatically with uh, and discreetly I would say with a state and when the state immediately responds and show concerns and take it, takes into account you don't need to cry loud justice on the media or through reports uh, to the Human Rights Council and uh, and the General Assembly so I so far this uh, dialogue has been uh, reassuring but again in the, also the, the, the report on self-determination didn't really um, lead me to look into what the Palestinian Authority or the Palestinian authorities are are doing. Although, I mean, there is, an, a, in a way, an implicit criticism of how Oslo has been um, interpreted and applied. So, not sure the Palestinians were very happy with it, I don't know. But again, they, they take on the criticism and the next reports will be about the deprivation of liberty in the occupied Palestinian territory. So I'm still in the process of studying and researching on it, but nothing excludes that I will look also at the, at the, at the situation under in the areas of control by the Palestinian authorities. When is the next report going to be? Uh, March 2023 to the Human Rights Council. You have um, how many years? Five more years to go? Five and a half. <laughs> what are your next steps for the coming five years? I... Um, I, I want to continue 
to do what I started, which is very much what my predecessor initiated. Michael Link started having these thematic reports, which I think kind of are a very intelligent way to zoom out from the cycle um, rhythm of the reporting. And, uh, and zoom, zoom out also means looking at the bigger picture, as the, my report on self-determination uh, demonstrates. It allows me to point out to, uh, to historical and political responsibilities, to lay out the fact uh, as they have developed over five decades. So I want to continue doing that. And as I said, I'm already in the process of working on, the, on a report about the privation of liberty because it's massive. And it's, uh, I don't think it's fully understood how pervasive, how, how brutal and how it might in fact be uh, totally departing from international standards on, uh, on the privation of liberty. And in the future, I would also la like to look at um, the militarization of the occupied Palestinian territory and how the occupation is impacting youth. And when I say youth, is both Palestinians and Israelis, because I mean, eventually you see those who are in, on the front line committing, I mean, carrying out the operations of the occupations are, are young Israelis. They are probably 18, 19. I want to look into it, I mean, I'm not, and again, it's not to create parallels, but just to expose what are the consequences of the occupation from a human rights point of view.